You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Sixers fans, welcome to a new episode of Sixers in Six. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. This is a quick podcast, just giving you an update on the latest going on with the Sixers after coming off a big win against the Nets, obviously in Ben Simmons' return. Sixers came up a little bit short, taking on a Charlotte team that came into this game sitting at just 4-14, and but uh, man, things just kind of happened the way you expected to. Jackson Frank and I talked about this on the post-game pod following the win over the Nets, that when you're missing Joel Embiid, missing James Harden, missing Tyrese Maxey, difficult to sustain that level of play that we saw yesterday, especially on a back-to-back. I think if the Sixers had a night off, they wouldn't have come up short in a 107-101 loss to the lowly Hornets. Uh, Some good, some bad from this game. Uh, The Sixers looked really, really, really promising throughout the first uh, quarter. They were up by 12 after one looked like they came out fresh at least, weren't uh, too tired after playing yesterday. But then Charlotte kind of started to take over this game, started in the second quarter, outscoring the Sixers 32-21. to And then by the time we got late into this game, uh, the Sixers, you can tell, just ran out of steam. Didn't have the guys, didn't have the horses. Uh, basically a nine-man rotation, shot the ball really, really poorly, just 9 of 38 from deep. Uh, that's 23.7%, basically the opposite of what happened at home against Brooklyn on Tuesday because you look at what the Sixers were able to do against the Nets and what kept them in that game against Brooklyn in Ben's return was the fact that they were able to hit from the outside going 16 to 32. But again, the polar opposite in this one, uh, again, liking what I'm seeing from guys like Shake Milton. He had 22 points in this one, nine to 16 shooting, uh, seven rebounds, nine assists. So close to a triple double for him. And we're starting to see, the shake come back from a couple of years ago where he's playing with a little bit more confidence, giving the Sixers a bit of an improvement off of what we were seeing from Danwell House in terms of being a point guard, two guard coming off the bench. And so I really like what I've seen from Shake lately. I know he was dealing with some injuries, uh, nagging ones in terms of the ankle, the knee, but looking like he's starting to get himself back into what we were seeing from him, like I mentioned, during his better days of his career, which is he can get some offense going for you, not a bad defender in terms of one-on-one. But again, that's been a positive for the Sixers coming out where really there hasn't been a ton of good news in the last few weeks and really since the beginning of the season with this squad that was expected to be amongst the best in the NBA. Another good thing happened. P.J. Tucker scored a bucket. Hey, yeah, P.J. Uh, He ended up hitting a three in the fourth quarter, uh, roughly 163 minutes, I believe it was, that he got to without scoring a point over that four-game stretch where, again, not a lot of good offensively, but P.J. Tucker does a lot of little things right for this team in terms of what he brings with toughness, with rebounding, with defending. Did a really good job on Kevin Durant uh, against Brooklyn on Tuesday. Had seven rebounds in this one. But, again, these are the games 
look like a schedule loss, uh, given the fact that they're missing their big three, and obviously that hurt the team. Uh, but again, don't want to give away games necessarily if you're the Sixers at this point because you're struggling at nine and nine. Um, no Lamelo Ball for Charlotte in this one. He's still dealing with the ankle ankle injury. Uh, no Caleb Martin. He's still out as well. So again, this Charlotte team not very good looking at its record uh, since the beginning of the season. But again, the Sixers do get a bit of a pass. And now there's some decisions to make, right? Looking at the bigger picture with this team. Okay, Joel Embiid dealing with a foot injury. We initially were told he'd be out for a couple of games, although Doc Rivers did kind of contradict that before the Brooklyn game, saying, hey, he might be out for another week or so. Uh, might be back at the same time James Harden is due back. I don't think there's any reason to rush Joel. Looking at what's coming up on Friday and Sunday, you got the Magic and back-to-back games. Orlando, obviously, not one of the better teams in the NBA, still trying to rebuild, have Paulo Boncaro, have guys like Franz Wagner, uh, that they are setting themselves up to have the building box in place for the future. But at 5-13, and 13, the Sixers should be at least, and, and this is at the least, be able to get a split against Orlando. So you're sitting at 10-10 and 10 at the 20-game mark. And once you start getting Joel back, once you start getting... James Harden back. Tyrese Maxey still a little bit longer out of the three in terms of how long they're going to be without his services. But Doc Rivers was going to get a 20-game leeway anyways, I think, with the squad. Initially, I said, hey, at 10, I wouldn't be surprised if they're 5-5, five and 4-6, five, and six, somewhere around there. Uh, 20 games in, if they're sitting you know, at 7-13 and 13 or something was drastically wrong, even without the injuries, then I think the calls for, for Doc Rivers' head would be a lot louder. But at 10 and 10 at 20 games, given the adversity this team has faced, I still think that there's a little bit of a longer leash for Doc, right, when it comes to turning this thing around. Because after the back-to-back games against Orlando, then you're going to start playing some playoff-level squads for a little stretch in terms of Atlanta, Cleveland, and Memphis. And then it gets a little bit easier again with Houston, L.A., and Charlotte before ending off um, getting into Christmas part of me with games against Sacramento, Golden State, Toronto. You got Detroit, the Clippers in there, and then, of course, the Knicks on Christmas Day. So looking at that schedule, they should be able to get on a run once they get their guys back and healthy. But if they don't, and I've said this many times before, the pressure is going to be on Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey. Let's be real, because the pressure is already on Doc to deliver. But Daryl Morey might have to deal with, hey, you got to make a choice here, right? If you're going to basically lay down and say that, hey, I'm going to roll with Doc and, and put my job on the line if he fails to galvanize this team fails to to get them at a higher level going forward and who knows i'm not saying i'm not even saying that's a close or remote possibility but uh again i think that daryl morey would have to look at this squad and, and be objective and say hey regardless of the respect i have for doc as a player and as a man and and as a coach that uh, you know having all the the credentials that that doc rivers has had maybe he's not the right guy for this job but again a split coming up against orlando you're sitting at 10 and 10 at the 20 game mark not terrible, not great. Obviously, that's a middle of the pack at 500. But um, from that point on, you want to see this team start to, to string together some wins. Um, because looking back at it, you know, even Boston last year was sitting below 500 in December. And the Celtics were able to turn things around, got on the same page, made that run through the Eastern Conference into the finals, ultimately came up short against the Warriors. But I think people are going to want to see the Sixers do something similar, especially if they have their big three back healthy. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on in the bigger picture. Uh, that'll wrap things up for this episode. If you missed it, Paul Hudrick, Seamus Clancy did a great podcast earlier. Thirsty Dog Drink Faster 
Uh, basically looking back at Ben Simmons' return. They were both in the arena. Also talking a little bit about Eagles as well, which I'd love to do on that show. It's a Philly sports-centric podcast. Definitely check that out. Also, if you missed mine and Jackson's deep dive on the post-game edition of the Sixers and Nets, you can check that out on the Liberty Ballers podcast network as well. Uh, appreciate you all for listening. Hope you enjoy the Thanksgiving holiday. Enjoy a couple of days off if you get them. Uh, have lots of good food. Have some drinks if that's your thing. Enjoy some football. Enjoy some World Cup soccer. So you got a lot going on. Over the next couple of days, we appreciate y'all at the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network and uh, stick with us. Definitely give us a subscription. Always appreciate a five-star review as well. And uh, we'll be back. I'll be back in the hot seat again next week on Tuesday as well. We're going to have uh, some additions coming up on the weekend as well with That's Ball folks on Sunday and the Gastro Crew obviously off for, for Thursday. But uh, we'll, we'll kind of get things rolling again, get back into the schedule again coming up next week. 